Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. As always, the Greatest Games Podcast is a chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. It could be a game at any point of their coaching career, just one they consider to be their greatest. I just love the way you say greatest, Chris. I don't know what it is about. I'm going to get that on a loop and fall asleep to that greatest and greatest. It's just something special, Chris. But I'll tell you what, another special episode here for the greatest games. We're going back to New Jersey, Bergen County, and Hasbrook Heights in Bergen County. The head coach there just finished his 11th year, Mike Sabula. And I want to go ahead and tell you right now, he is a Hall of Famer at Hasbrook Heights. So Hall of Famer. Mike Sabula, welcome to The Greatest Games. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. And I got in the Hall of Fame for the points that I scored, not the points that I gave up. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, what is the uh, high school mascot of Hasbro Heights? Well, they are another unique mascot, the Aviators. The Aviators. The Aviators. Yeah, the football yeah, games, they, they have a student dressed up as an aviator running the sidelines. Okay. They are right there, Brian. You've been to – well, no, were you there? Yeah, I guess one of the times we went to NIT, the times we landed at Teterboro Airport in New Jersey. Okay. Hasbro Heights is right there. You literally fly over their football stadium to land at Teterboro Airport. Okay, okay. Yeah, Hence the name Aviators. There you go. Yep. Very good. Well, we, we know, Mike, that you netted 1,257 points. Uh, it looks like you were a, a three-point specialist, and it does, these seem to be an addendum here of how many points you gave up, which – no, I'm just kidding. We don't have that. <laughs> I hope that's not there. It'd be at least 2,000. But, um, yeah, I could shoot it back in the day. No, Not much defense. <laughs> well, Brian, I'm just – I'm actually looking through our past episodes, and we've had a bunch of New Jersey coaches on. But this is the first coach from my league that is on. Oh, oh okay. Patrick Heights is in the same a, league as the Saddlebrook Falcons. Stir the pot here a little bit. We have some controversy, any kind of bad blood here that we can go ahead and bring to the air or anything like that? No, no bad blood, no blood, no, nothing yet, <laughs> you know. Hopefully we get next season in. Yeah. I was just – I was actually going through some game tape here earlier today, and I noticed we were up 4 nothing on the Aviators at one point this season. Uh-oh. Yeah, that was, it was short-lived. <laughs> uh, that's what I was going to say. What was the score after that, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> well, there I'm we just go. kidding. That's the content we're looking for there, guys. <laughs> uh, I'm just messing with you. Mike is very complimentary. I don't know if he means it, but he is very complimentary at all. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we square off against each other twice a year in our league. I don't even know what the name of our league is. Are we the Meadowlands Division? Meadowlands used to be the national, PCSL national. Now we're right. to the Meadowlands. NJIC Meadowlands, yes. Yep. That's fancy. And we actually, we used to, have, no, we do have a, we have a chance to play you three times because we're in the same section in the States too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. We have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is with uh, several of the teams in our league, you know? Everybody's, everybody's grouped together. So Woodridge and Beckton are also, you know? Right. Yeah, that's true. And we played yep. Beckton in a Christmas tournament, so there's a chance for four times. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Coach, why don't you tell us a little bit about your coaching career and how you wound up where you are or where you've always been? <laughs> All 
All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been in Hasbro Kites, uh, grew up here, played here. And, uh, you know, the interesting part is I didn't know that I wanted to coach until after high school and, you know, till I was about 20 years old. I, I didn't go to college right away. Uh, I got a job. I was working as a 911 operator. I wanted to be a police officer. And, um, you know, the head coach in Hasbro Kites at the time was Rob Carsage, who's now at Wayne Hills. I didn't uh, know Rob was there. I was actually yeah. just thinking, I'm trying to get him on the show. <laughs> yeah. He was, he, he taught in Hasbro Kites for a number of years and he was the head coach for a couple of years. So when he was here, he, um, started an eighth grade middle school team, seventh, eighth grade combined middle school team and just called me up and asked me if I could help out and, you know, coach a team. So that's how I got started. Once I, once I coached that team, I um, quit my job and went back to school to be a phys ed teacher. You know, it was just, uh, you know, I enjoyed it so much. I wanted to do it. That's what I wanted to do with my uh, career, you know? Um, so then after um, Rob got another coaching job in another town and teaching job also, um, after him, my head coach from high school came back for a couple years. So I had done a couple years middle school. And then once my uh, coach that I played for came back to town, he gave me the freshman job. So I did two years middle school and then like three or four years freshman with him. And then um, he ended up resigning and, you know, I stayed on for a few more years and another couple coaches came and went. And then, you know, after about seven or eight years of being the assistant, I, you know, there was an opening and I put in for the head job and spoke to the AD and here I am 11, 12 years later, you know, doing what I love to do. So, um, you know, if it wasn't for those coaches, you know, that I played for and, uh, and Carsage, I probably wouldn't be here right now. You know, I'm probably doing something else in my life. So I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful of them and the opportunity that, you know, came from being introduced to them really, you know, so you get the call to help out with the middle school team, right? You're a 911 operator and you quit and go back to school. You loved it so much. So I'm curious, was there, was there one moment during that season that you're like, yep, this is, this, I, this is what I love to do. Or was it just a, a compounding of moments? Like, man, I just love being around these kids. Or what was it that just really had you saying, yep. You know what? This. It, it was probably a combination of everything. I mean, you know, I, I obviously enjoyed the group of kids. They were, you know, it's the first group I ever had. They were great kids and they were also like really good players. And, you know, they had a great season. They, they won like 20 games or, you know, whatever it was. Uh, um, and they made me want to, they made me want to be around, you know? So then sticking with those guys, watching them graduate, you know, just, you know, you form those relationships and that's what, you know, keeps you going. That's a big part of it. So, um, you know, still try to keep in touch with those guys now and then, you know, it's just crazy to think about that. They're like 30 years old now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Coach, tell us about um, something that you thought about coaching that once you started coaching, you were like, oh, I was way off. Or maybe like something you thought about as a player, like why does coach do this? And now that you're coaching, you're like, ah, I got it. Like when did something like that click early on in your coaching career? Um, <clears throat> something that you did, I would say um, – 
you know, I get, I guess I, I guess I've taken, I've taken, tried to take, an, tried to take a lot of things from, you know, the guys that I, I, I played for or coached alongside of, you know, there's always things that you agree with and disagree with, but I would say as a, as a player, um, you know, I, I it's a tough question. Um, that's what he does, Mikey. He just brings hard-hitting questions to the table that just uh, just pin you down. That's what he does. Yeah, that's what he's doing to me here. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I would say, you know, my high school coach was really, really, really tough on us. Um, not, you know, obviously, you know, that that ends up being a good thing because we learned so much about, you know, how to handle other situations. But at the time, as a kid, you know, we're probably like, you know, why is this guy getting on us so much? But you know, he, he's just trying to get the most out of us to make us, you know, reach our potential. Um, in terms of the game, I, I, I can remember just like sitting there watching, watching film constantly. You know, we have these VHS, VHS tapes that we pop in and we're watching film and, you know, um, just like teaching us little tendencies about the other teams and stuff like that. I, I guess I didn't really, you know, get it at the time, you know, because it was small group one basketball and, you know, not, we're not playing in front of, you know, 10,000 people. But now, I mean, that's one of the things that I, I take into, you know, what we do. We watch a ton of film now. And it's, it's, from, it's from learning from that guy doing it, you know. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think that's – so we've, we haven't talked a lot about film on here, and it's what I did for a long time. But I think trying to teach kids how to watch film. Yeah, what to what to look for, and you know, what kind of what what kind of tendencies that they use, you know. Mm. Um, I try to put like playlists together on Huddle. You can do that, mm. and you can send them to the kids individually um, instead of like watching as an entire group for a long period of time. Right. Um, you know, we usually watch for ten fifteen minutes as a group, but like during you know during the day or or you know after practice, if I'm watching film laying on my couch, I can just like shoot a clip over to a kid. Hey, watch this. This is what you gotta look out for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know. So you know that's something I picked up from them. Yeah, the technology, me and Chris, back when you were video coordinator at University of South Carolina, it's, it's changed so much. I mean, what's in the hands of high school kids and coaches now far surpassed what you had back, you know, 15 years ago. It's amazing. Even at the, at the high division one college level, it's just, it's crazy to see how much that's, that's evolved. So Mike, I'm, I'm curious about your style of play that you bring to Hasbrook and, you know, looking back again at your, your hall of fame career, you, you made 76 three pointers, uh, your sophomore season, 77 as a junior and shot it at a 43% clip. So you were a scorer. You could fill it up. So I'm just curious about this kind of style of play that you bring to your guys as a coach. Yeah, well, you know, as as a as a player, I was run off tons of screens, you know, sideline to sideline. You know, I, I was the most in shape guy, you know, in the gym. And um, you know, but now the way the game has changed with the whole drive and kick, that that's what we try to do. And we still have a lot of shooters. Um, that's one thing that we put a lot of emphasis on is the off season, what these kids do to develop and being able to make shots you know, make threes, especially we, you know, we always try to tell them we want threes or layups, you know, so we're trying to get into the paint and kick, you know, for an open shot or keep going right to the basket. So I, I would say that, um, 
you know, the way the system that I played in is completely different than, you know, the system that we're, we're playing, you know, I'm teaching my guys right now. Um, you know, I like to get up and down the floor and we like to shoot a ton of threes. And we also like to play a lot of like three quarter court defense also just to force the kids to play instead of just like walk it up and run a set. So we, we try to make the other team have to play basketball by speeding you up and, you know, throwing, running a trap at you in the one, two, two. And if you can't handle it, you know, we, we have some athletes out there that are going to make some plays and, and get right back into it, you know? Um, and that's something that we've like adopted throughout the years. We didn't play like that the whole time, you know, early on, you know, the first three years coaching with the varsity, you know, strictly like half court man, you know, we struggled, we played, you know, half court man, two, three, you know, like I, I, we didn't have like the type of athletes that, that we have now, certainly as, um, type of like the guys who can, uh, who can score like we have now, our, our guys now play like a lot more off season on AU teams and stuff like that. So it makes it easier for us to just, Hey, we're going to play one, two, two back to three, two speed these teams up and, you know, try to play like that where, where it's not, you know, I remember in high school walking the ball up and running the flex, you know, That's and right. you know, two of us were allowed to shoot, you <laughs> know, so, so it's completely different, you know, um, it's also fun for the kids. You know, I, I feel like, you, you know, they're, they're 15, 16, 17 years old. They're, they're want to have some fun too. You know, 90% of them, are, you know, 99% of them aren't playing in the NBA, you know, so they want to have some fun and make some memories and, you know, try to make it fun for them too. It's fun style, you know. We're going to have an offense next year where nobody's allowed to shoot. That's, a, <laughs> that's, we're gonna, that's what we're going to try to win games. <laughs> that, po- that point guard is going to have 20 a game. He should have 20 a game now. I tell him to shoot the ball every time every down the court. Just yeah. shoot it, Joe. No, I'm never, you're never coming out of the game, kid. <laughs> Unless you have 3,000 in the first half, you are not coming out of the game. Like, we've literally told him that, and he's still like, he'll pass. And we're like, stop passing the ball. Yeah, shoot it every time. <laughs> Let it go, baby. <laughs> uh, that three, that one, two, two is difficult, by the way, Brian. They run it really well. I think what it is is because they run it three-quarter court, kids don't think they're being pressed. So they kind of like, okay, they're backing up a little bit. And then all of a sudden, boom, you get trapped, and your guy's like, what the? Mm -hmm. And so I think it kind of lulls – I think kids get a false sense that it's not an aggressive defense, and it is. Yeah. Which is really interesting. At least we had And we had some length this year. We had like uh, three – you know, three kids that were like six, well, two of them were six, two, one of them six, six. And we put the six, six kid on the top so he can get in those passing lanes and, and just frustrate those guards, you know? So, you know, it's, it wasn't something that we used every year, but we got this kid who's an, an incredible athlete, you know? So just if we put him in the back, he wouldn't be involved in the play until the rebound. So just right. let him, yeah. you know, so um, All right, uh, Coach, I, I need a fun story here. I'm not asking you to tell the one from two years ago, but uh, I'll tell that one maybe off air. But I need a time that you uh, maybe blew your top, Ooh. Maybe, maybe lost your cool. What's really funny is Mike's a very subdued guy, but he will, he will blow a cork on the court sometimes. You're just like, it's, it's very unlike him. 
Uh, yeah. Tell us a good, uh, like, technical foul story or where you, I don't know, threw a clipboard or something. Well, Give I can tell the story from two years ago. Just oh, can't tell you what great. I said. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't want to use the person's name. No, no. No, I, you know what? Sometimes I just think you got to stick up for your guys. You know, guys are getting hammered and things aren't going your way. And, you know, get out and just lose it sometimes. It's not something that I, that I want to do. I'm definitely not like that, like Chris said. But, um, you know, I mean. Well, tell us the one from two years ago. Tell us the story. Tell all right. Well, we're, we're, we're at Saddlebrook. I don't remember the score. I don't remember. I think it was early in the game, actually. But, you know, I was on like a free throw box out. And the same big kid that I was just telling you plays at the top of our uh, one, two, two. He's on the, on the block. And uh, kid misses the free throw. And he jumps into the air. And on the tape, you can see him get pushed with two hands right out of bounds and lands with the basketball in his hand. It's a great you block know? out by the Saddlebrook guy. I'm just great saying. block out. He's great just... block out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he got called for a travel. When he fell, I guess he turned over. Well, when he got pushed, I guess he uh, turned over. So, uh, you know, I was on the court, and I, I shouldn't have went out on the court. He, my, Brian. Brian, he was way on the court. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like he had, like, one foot over the sideline. Right, right. Like, I, I might have been at the elbow. There are stories yeah. about me being at the elbow. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, it happens, you know. And that's one where I felt like I got to stick up for him. That's why I did it. But, you know. <laughs> it, it, was an, it was also an official that is his arch nemesis. So he, he really had fun with it. I didn't say that. <laughs> that's right you you did not say that that's right that's right and it's, it's a it's a fine line and you know it's like uh, one of my last couple of years of coaching especially my last year I just decided not to say anything to referees but it's but, but you're right like the our your guys need to know that that you got got their back and uh, at the same time you want to let I, I, at least not for me i wanted to let officials uh, officiate a game but at the same time like so you want to be able to stand up for your guys it's always a it's kind yeah, of a tough I, I, I never i usually never say anything you know, I'm I'm totally focused on the kids and with the job that they're supposed to do, you know, and um, just lost my cool a little bit that one time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, you know, the name of the podcast is The Greatest Game. So at this point in the show, we'd love to hear about the greatest game you've ever been a part of, as much background information and as as my good friend Chris de Blasio said a week or two ago on the show, take us into the gym, want to feel the sweat, want to smell it, just want to be there for your greatest game. All right. This, this is the exciting part. Um, <clears throat> you know, one, one of your guests, one of your previous guests, uh, Adam Kaplan, coaches at um, Park Ridge currently, that's who my greatest game was against, and it was a second-round playoff game. Um, <clears throat> it was – it was the greatest game for a couple, probably three different reasons. We, we, didn't, we didn't win a state championship. We haven't won a state championship. It's not a championship game. It's just a second-round playoff game. But there's a lot of meaning behind the game and the outcome of the game. It means a lot to me because it kind of put us on the map, helped kids buy into you know, the program, and because we pulled, ended up pulling it out, and it was like, you know, that that's the whole meaning behind it for me and my guys. But the game is interesting because 
there's always the, the, um, the people talking about should New Jersey have a shot clock. And this is one of the times where it, I understand why people talk about it because this, all right, so it's a close game the entire time. They're playing 3-2 zone. It's the fourth quarter. We're up by one, 42-41. I actually took some notes. I, I watched the fourth quarter and jotted it all down so I don't, I don't miss anything. But it's the fourth quarter. The other team's playing 3-2 zone. You know, we were struggling to score. They were struggling to score. Nobody's making shots all game. And um, I decided to just hold the ball with about five minutes left. The intention was I thought we had some better athletes and make them go to man, and then we'd have a better chance to score, you know. But they stayed in the zone. So then next thing you know, you know, the crowd's going crazy because my point guard is literally just standing at half court holding the basketball, and there's still five minutes left in the game. Next thing you know, there's four minutes left in the game. He's still standing there. Then there's three minutes. Then there's two minutes. We held the ball for three minutes. Now there's two minutes left in the game. We start dribbling, try to, you know, I, I don't know what we were thinking, probably because we're not used to doing that. And we end up turning the ball over, which, no. you know, it, I was thinking it was going to work. And then we turn the ball over. They go down and get fouled. Now their player misses both free throws. So we're still up by one get the basketball right back. And what do we do? We held the ball again for about another 45 seconds before they fouled and put us at the line. So in that, in the fourth quarter, we held the ball for like almost four minutes half the quarter. And um, it ended up where it ended up tied. You know, we missed a shot at the buzzer to win, to win it a three or something long shot and um, go to overtime. They had a very long possession to start. The first possession, we had a very long possession. The second possession, they come down and take the lead. And then we have, we end up having the ball with like 30 seconds down by one and um, call timeout, draw something up. Basically the play was give the ball to our best player and everybody get out of his way, <laughs> you know, and it worked. He goes to the basket, scores, gets fouled and then makes the free throw. So now we're up two. And here's the most interesting part of the game. There's 12, there's 12 or 13 seconds left in the game. Uh, they had called timeout after we had scored. They got to go to full length. Now, because we, halt, we held the ball the whole time, there's no fouls. No, nobody has any fouls. And everybody has all their timeouts pretty much. So <laughs> it became a game of let's advance the ball up the court and foul them and give fouls. So that last, you know, 13 seconds of the game, there had to be six timeouts and four fouls given. So it ended up taking a half hour, you know, and it ended up where like they, they actually had a very good look, um, you know, something we actually still had one more foul to give, but when the ball came in and the kid was going to the basket, we said not to foul if he's going to the rim. So you don't get an end one if he throws it up and goes in, if he makes it, we go to overtime, another overtime, worst case, you know, but it ended up just like rimming out. And, you know, that was the first time we had made the semifinals in 25 years. And that's why the game meant so much. So there was all this crazy action the last fourth quarter in overtime. And then it was awesome because the whole town could enjoy the, enjoy the win, you know. It's like a, a lot of coaching moments in that game where you can think about 10 years from now and say, should I have done that? You know, maybe not. But, 
you know, it worked out for us. So I was really happy for our kids. You know, what do you guys think about that? Well, take us, take us inside the, the, when the decision was made to hold the ball. Was it something you guys had talked about? Was it something you and your coaches had talked about previous to the game? Was it something you decided in game? And what did your players say? Or how did they look at you when you told them just to hold the ball? Well, you know, it's, it's not something that we do. I, I mean, I can't tell you the last time I've seen people do that unless you're getting the last shot of the quarter, but not, for, not with five minutes left, you know. So I think as soon as I told uh, – the kid was – point guard's name was Jack at the time. Mm-hmm. When I told Jack, like, well, like, stay at half court, I just remember him looking at me like, are you sure? You know, like, are, are we really going to do this right now? And, and we did. And, um, you know – it was just spur of the moment, like, let's pull them out of the 3-2. And then when they didn't come out, I'm like, you know what, just stand there. And, and let's see if after a minute they'll come out, we'll get what we want, you know. So, you know, it, it was a great move by Adam staying in the zone because they got the turnover that they wanted, you know, after three minutes. And if their kid makes both, it could be a way different situation, you know, going down the stretch. So pretty interesting. Well, you, you asked what we think about it. And it's funny, uh, last show we had Andrew Peckham on from a high school down here in South Carolina, Fox Creek. And so this, this, this theme keeps coming up now about no shot clock versus a shot clock. And, you know, for me personally, I can, I can take it either way. I see it as a, as a high school AD, I see some of the pitfalls and some of the headaches of having to find somebody else to do it and all the equipment, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I also see it as a coach that used to hold the ball sometimes as a former girls coach. We would, we didn't, we didn't have the athletes to be able to compete with some, some schools. So it's like, listen, we need to shorten the game. So I can, yeah. I can go either way. And so it's, I think it's one of those things that makes high school basketball super unique in that this story happened because there is no shot clock. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there, there's, I think there's only been two other times where, I, you know, I, I decided to like hold the ball for more than a minute. But not nothing like this, especially in that kind of a game. You know, it was a very, very risky move. And I'm just happy it worked out for us. <laughs> and uh, I think we might have talked about it when we had Coach Kaplan on. I might have told Brian. But if I didn't, Brian, the Adam Kaplan half-court 3-2 zone is as impenetrable a force as there is in Bergen County basketball. His teams run it to a T. It's yeah. what they do. You know you're going to face it. Like, and like Mike said, like he refused to come out of it. He said, no, this is the defense. Like that's what coach Kaplan does. And, and they, those kids play bad threes. They forced you into bad threes with it. With, with the wrong guys taking them. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. I try to figure it out. (laughs) I'm very mad at him. Um, But so now you're, so your kid, you kind of spontaneously did it. Your kids looked at you. What's the, What's the atmosphere in the gym like? Was it at Park Ridge or at Heights? We, we were home. We were at Heights. Okay. What's the, I know you got your little judgmental table over there in the corner at Heights. <laughs> where your AD and all those guys sit at the corner. It's, it's, you know, like what was – I know you're not looking in the crowd specifically, but you can feel what's going on in the gym. Yeah, you can feel the, the shock of holding the basketball. And I was definitely getting screamed at by the Park Ridge people because they wanted to see the game, <laughs> you know, but it reminds me of, there was a game a few years ago, Demarest, I think it was Demarest and Old Japan, five overtimes and somebody did the same thing. Each overtime, didn't they hold the basketball? You I don't know? remember. 
Yeah, I'd have to look it up. But, yeah, that was the feeling in the gym. It was Parkridge yelling at me. And, you know, our crowd, I guess they wanted to see us play too, you know. But I didn't think it was the right right thing at the time. I, you know, it worked out. Did any of your coaches say anything to you at one point during the, during the, during the siege? Did they uh, say, like, Mike, what are you doing here? Nobody said anything at the time, not that I could remember, <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm sure there was a little tug on my, on my jacket or my pullover. Hey, let's play basketball. <laughs> I, I remember doing it, Mike. I don't know if you would relate to this or not, but I remember doing it a couple of times and just, it's an awkward, maybe the most awkward situation I've ever really been in. It's just like, you've got 84 feet in front of you, you got 10 kids on the floor, basketball and referees and everybody just standing there. And it's yeah. like, all right, it's like, oh, like a Will Ferrell, like, what do I do with my hands? Do I like, <laughs> sit down? Do I squat? Do I really act like I'm coaching here? Or what I do cross my arms or, you know, it's just a super <laughs> awkward, you know? And it's funny, like people yelling at you like, ah, oh, play the game. Oh, you know, yell at, at, at Adam over there. Like, come on out and play. I mean, it, it really takes two two teams yeah. to pull this off. You know, it's not just the, the offense that's decided to hold the ball. Oh, my goodness, can you believe it? You know, it really takes two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish he would have pulled it out so we could we – could, uh, I wish he would have came out of the zone just so we could see the ending from a different – you know, see what would have happened, see if, yeah. if, my, if my theory would have came true, you know. <laughs> spread, just spread it and attack. So you said you went back and watched the game. What were you doing for those three minutes? <laughs> I think I finished like an entire like, bottle of water during, yeah. during that time. I, like I, would start so talking to the, I would start talking to the scorebook people or something. Like I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. That's a good yeah. point, Brian. I'm going to go have a conversation with somebody. I don't know what. <laughs> but you, yeah, you, uh, can't, you can't go too far because it's like, what if your kids start doing something that you know, you're like, you're right. Cause like, oh, let's just strike up a conversation or I'll go to the restroom maybe and come back. There probably was enough time. Yeah. And I, and something else too, about just my experience with this, like you're talking about like the clock goes from five minutes to four minutes or whatever. Like that is the longest 60 seconds, you know, like we just, we've just been talking for, I'm going to have our minutes and it's like flying by and then you watch a basketball game where somebody's holding and it's just like, Oh my goodness, can we hurry up and get this thing going? It's unbelievable. It's like a time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was brutal at the time standing there for sure, but it's kind of cool to watch the tape now five years later and, you know, analyze what we were doing, you know? Well, it's, it's so, it's just so different, Brian. You talked about this theme that we've had of the holding the ball, but this was a spontaneous decision, mm-hmm. much more spontaneous than any of the other ones we've talked about. That's true. Uh, like we, we talked to Jeff Kohler at Tenafly, and when he was the girls coach, he was playing Pascac Valley who had, you know, like 12 all County girls or something, and, uh, and he did that against them and beat them in the States one year. But it was huh. planned. He had been thinking about it for a year since they lost to him the year before. Oh, you know, okay. He had been formulating this plan all year to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas yours? No, we, yeah, we just, uh, you know, honestly, like uh, another team in our league that sometimes we do it to is uh, Weehawken plays that 3-2. Yes. You know, so, so I remember doing it a little bit at the end of the game this year just to make them come out. At their place? At their place, yeah. Yeah, they have a small court, Brian, and they have a bunch of six-foot-three athletes. They put their three guys across, and there's literally nowhere to go. It's sideline to sideline. And when you say small court, like the actual dimensions are smaller or it just feels smaller with – No, it's smaller. Smaller, okay, okay. Yeah, it's like a bowling alley, really. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. Brian, I do, I, I do want to pick on Mike a little bit because I love doing it. Oh, oh good. Perfect. He, he, uh, he talked about that maybe he got a little pull on his jacket, and, and, then, he, and then he corrected himself, and he said his pullover. Pullover. We've had Dan Agaro <laughs> and Rock Renzio on this, on this podcast, who are two of the great dress coaches of all time. Mike Sabula is the Bob Huggins of, yeah. <laughs> of Bergen County High School basketball. It is the Black Hasbrook Heights pullover. Every time. <laughs> yeah, same the same one. Can't change. <laughs> it didn't start off that way. Early on, I, I tried doing the whole suit thing. You know, I was going to say, I, I didn't, didn't even know like you had it. a tie. I didn't know you owned a tie. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable <laughs> doing it, you know. I, I think I sweat too much from holding the ball to, out, all the decisions. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you go with the pullover now. I'm just curious. Is it slacks? Is it jeans? Is it sweatpants? Is it windpants? What's what's the the typical uh, pants? I just cat khakis, you know, khakis. Yeah. I think I wore jeans a couple times, you know, but I, I hate try them. to go cat. I try to go khakis. <laughs> I didn't hear you, Chris. What'd you say? Did I hate coaches who wear jeans? <laughs> yeah, I'll never, I'll never do it again. I think I did it once or twice, but so yeah, I try to go casual. Just put on a pair of khakis. Is that hard? You're coaching a game here. So, Mike, how uh, much can I pay you to wear jeans when you play Chris's team next year? Is that uh, if I sent you a check for ten bucks? Can you can you pull that off just to just to have that happen? Uh, we'll do it for free. We'll do okay. it. For, I'll, we'll take a picture and send it to you. There you go. <laughs> what I am trying to do, Coach, uh, is I'm trying to convince Brian to uh, take a hiatus from his job during the winter and come up here to Bergen County and just go around for a couple of weeks and see all these coaches that we've talked to and observed some practices and games. I, I'm pretty close. I think I, I'm close to getting them to do it. Well, you don't have to say much. I mean, come to New York, <laughs> New Jersey area. I'm, I'm there. I'm just hoping that, uh, well, I'm hoping that everybody's playing basketball and that would preclude me from actually coming up there. Yeah. But if for some reason we're not playing and you guys are playing and I'm working remotely, I mean, this is all kind of setting up pretty well. So yeah, I'll, I'll be up there. We'd love to come <laughs> up there and, and make it happen. So, Coach, just one more question about the game. You talked about the game. It was the first time you guys had gotten to the semifinals in a long time. Now, talk about um, – I don't want to say, what did you lose the next game or – Yeah, we, we actually ended up playing – I think there was – there might have been a snowstorm because we ended up playing back-to-back -back days. We played the next day at Woodridge against Renzio, who you guys okay. had on, and um, we lost by about six. Six okay. or eight, great game, high-scoring game, as always, against them. Just talk about that team, maybe now what that team means to you. You know, that, that, that team is um, – it, it's very important because it, it set the stage of, you know, the little kids in the stands wanting to play in that type of atmosphere again, you know. And, you know, we have 100-plus kids at camp. They look up to those guys. Those guys come back as the, the counselors at camp every year. And that's where it all starts, you know. Um, so, the, you know, those kids kind of built the tradition that that we have going on in, you know, my short time there. Um, hopefully I get to stay here for, you know, a lot longer, um, you know, and continue to make, uh, <clears throat> you know, memories and good time, have good times with the, the, the kids that are coming up. But, you know, we had um, actually one of the kids that was a guard on that team made a couple big free throws down the stretch. His uh, his younger brother is my point guard now, uh, Fawcett. Oh, okay, Steven. You know, so, yeah, so that, you know, he got to watch that. And, again, it's, you know, that this current class, Fawcett and Kunga, is 
one of the better classes that we've had in a while, they were all at that game, you know, mm. and, and they still talk about it. You know, we have conversations about it. So, you know, th- those guys are really important to me because they, they started it all, you know. That's awesome that you can have an origin point for that. That's really cool. Uh, well, we'd like to end here, Coach, with a fun, another fun question. <laughs> you've heard you said you've listened to some of the episodes. So the question is, if I talk to Jack LaForge, okay, who played for you back in the day, and I talk to Kunga, and I ask him, what's the one thing Coach Sabula always says? Some pearl of wisdom, some mantra, or it could be something funny you say in practice. What's the one thing that Coach Sabula says over and over again? Uh, just something like basketball wise, I'm always yelling the word hands. I don't know. I, yeah, I always wanted them one. to be active with their hands on defense. I must say the word hands 500 times a game. It, <laughs> so I don't know if the kids would, you know, realize that. I'm sure they do if you ask them, you know, but. I think that's, that's what's perfect. so funny about this question is we say things and like, you know, you're saying it. Oh, and you're like, dude, stop saying the same word over and over. Yeah, and it just head. keeps coming out. I just can't, you just can't stop. <laughs> Chris, what's something you always say? Fake a pass remember? to make a pass. Okay. okay. If I say fake a pass to make a pass more times in a game, I'm, I'm going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't do that. Cause we have to take the picture next year wearing jeans. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That takes me back to the team camp days when we used to work team camp around here at USC and hearing the different things from high school coaches. And listen, I was, I was one of them too, but just hearing hands, hands, just, you know, or sprint back. I mean, constantly sprint back. You know, it's, it's almost like a, you go to a baseball game and, uh, you know, kids not throwing strikes or whatever, just having a hard time throwing strikes. Throw strikes. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, like <laughs> oh, the obvious yeah. things. Like, oh, my oh, bad. You know, I got it. Hit the ball. Oh, okay. My bad. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Hands, hands. That's a, that's one of our our better answers. Well, Hall of Famer Mike Sabula, <laughs> um, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been really really awesome to hear your stories and uh, another story of holding the ball and it working out in your favor. But again, thanks so much for coming on the Greatest Games. Thanks for having me. Really my, appreciate it. Oh man, it was great. We'll have you back, and can't wait to see that picture. Once we get that picture of you in some jeans, we'll tweet that out and uh, <laughs> see if we can do some sort of giveaway with that. Maybe some free tickets to a game of Chris's games or something like that. But uh, <laughs> but at this point, until we figure out that PR nightmare, my for my co-host Chris De Blasio, I am Brian Rosefield, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Greatest Games.